Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the show. I am your host, Abundance Coach Blake Miles, but you can call me Gumpy. This week, we look at the sixth mindset for abundant living, moderation, not... I love doing that. It reminds me of Borat. Yeah, we don't uh, we don't actually uh, condone or or, or uh, encourage um, the act of moderation in abundant living because moderation is in fact a form of scarcity. Now, in and of itself, moderation is not a bad thing. I'm not trying to attack moderation. If you know if that's something that you like, it's 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 not a bad thing. Like I said, in and of itself, it can protect us from overdoing bad things. Unfortunately, like most things in our current society, we tend to do moderation to excess, pun intended. So the moment that we attach the stigma of moderation to something, we create an environment of sacrifice and deprivation. Or we go the other way and we use the expression arbitrarily to give ourselves a a pass for excessive behavior. So, no, I'm sorry, but binging cannot actually be classified as moderation just because you only do it occasionally. It's it's still binging. So we sometimes use that word moderation uh, as as an excuse. Look, the, the, the bottom line is moderation is a tricky word. And abundant living is all about keeping things simple. So we don't encourage moderation. Rather, we seek to avoid excess. And we accomplish this by developing healthy and fulfilling daily habits. When you pepper your day with satisfying, relaxing, rejuvenating, and even indulgent activities, you will break up the monotony and frustration in ways that will allow you to avoid the kind of things that you will feel compelled to do only in moderation. So by now you must be asking, what sort of things can I do every day that will create this result. Well, that leads me to this week's top five list. The top five daily habits you need to add to your schedule. Number one, moving. Now, I won't bore you or uh, insult your intelligence by going into the benefits of movement, like walking. I mean, by now we're all very well aware of the benefits of daily movement. Which, of course, begs the question, why aren't we doing it then? So perhaps instead of the benefits of moving, we should look instead at the detriments of not moving. Now, you may or may not be familiar with the term sitting is the new smoking, which was coined by Dr. James Levine, who's a professor at, uh, of medicine at the Mayo Clinic, and he's also the inventor of the treadmill desk. Now, Dr. Levine goes on to say sitting is more dangerous than smoking kills more people than HIV, and is more treacherous than parachuting. We are sitting ourselves to death. The chair is out to kill us. So why do we sit all the time? It's not because we're built to do so. As Dr. Joan Vernicos, former director of NASA's Life Sciences Division, reminds us, we weren't designed to sit. The body is, in fact, a perpetual motion machine. So what keeps us in our chair? So if sitting is the new smoking, then the chair might be the cigarette, but the screen is actually the nicotine that keeps us lighting up. Uh, I will uh, pass over the more uh, pedestrian pun, which points out that there is a brand of cigarettes called Chesterfield. (laughs) They still make them. Philip Morris, Chesterfield cigarettes. 
So how do we break the sitting habit? Well, to start, we can stand up. Really, not to be pedantic, but really, we need to get up. You know, one of the reasons that we don't walk around as much as we should is because of another false and unnecessary stigma that's been perpetrated and perpetuated by those masters of scarcity, the fitness industry. Yeah, it's another one I like to pick on. They have us conditioned to believe that all activity has to be an event filled with rules and rituals and calculations. As a result, we all just think that, you know, standing up, just having a nice stretch and moving around for a little while is not even going to be of all that much benefit to us. Let me ask you, out of curiosity, where do you think 10,000 steps actually comes from? It's actually a marketing gimmick to sell devices. But don't attack Fitbit. Well, don't attack them for this particular thing. It was long before them. Predates them, believe me. 10,000 steps actually dates back to 1965, which, believe it or not, was before I was born. Just. (laughs) But nonetheless. Back in 1965, it was used by a Japanese company to market a device called Manpokai, or the 10,000 steps meter. It's a marketing gimmick. It was made up. Always, always has been. Plus, it's, it's as arbitrary as most of our other exercise maxims. If you believe that 10 steps have no aerobic benefit, well, then please feel free to go and climb 10 steps up a steep upgrade carrying a full pack. It's all relative. 10 steps, 10,000 steps, 10 million steps. The truth is none of us has to walk a marathon to get the benefits of movement. The key to your physical activity habits is to engage in things that bring you pleasure. Don't go for a walk just for your physical health. You'll get bored of that. That becomes, again, where we're doing something in moderation or we're doing something for a reason that's because we gotta, right? That's literally what it is. Abundant living is about finding the reason to do anything that excites us. Because walking and, and movement in general can also benefit you emotionally, mentally, spiritually, even financially. Leave the car at home, walk to the store, take the bike, right? Save, save your money. Gas is still expensive. And none of those benefits requires you to put on special gear, prepare and train for months in advance, or even to travel a long distance. Just get up out of your seat and open up your body. That's what's about is about opening up our bodies, especially as we get older. We need to get our bodies open, get our bodies flexible, stretch those old bones. So let's move on to number two of the five uh, daily habits you need to put on your schedule. Number two is hydrating. Once again, there is a lot of unnecessary debate out there about hydration. Okay, it's very simple. If you don't hydrate, you will die. End of debate. Thank you. (laughs) Seriously. The only reason that there's any discussion out there about what you should or shouldn't drink is because large fortunes are at stake if you don't believe that soft drinks, alcohol, and juice are okay for you. Better yet, if you can be convinced that those things are somehow actually good for you, then you'll spend even more money screwing up your body. Okay. So, so you're not going to be impressed unless I drop some complicated scientific words. Okay, fair enough. How about hyponatremia? Oh, that's pretty good, eh? <laughs> now, you may have heard of this. And you may have heard that this is what happens to you if you drink too much water. Oh, how many people use that as an excuse to not drink water? Oh, my God. Let me ask you this. Do you consume more than two liters of water per hour? <laughs> Probably not. 
And in, and unless you do, you really don't need to worry too much about hyponatremia. It's an affliction that affects people with a serious electrolyte imbalance. It is rare in the average everyday water drinker, and it certainly isn't a good reason to start chugging sugar water that's disguised as an electrolyte booster. After you run your next 5K, do whatever your trainer tells you to do. In the meantime, please just drink your water like good boys and girls. <laughs> Seriously. Okay, now I hear you say, Blake, I hate water. Okay, I know. It's pretty bland. And it was W.C. Fields who said fish make love in it. I, I, maybe not, but somebody said that. Uh, and, and the reason it's bland, of course, is that we have damaged palates. Our palates have been trained to crave excessively flavorful foods and beverages. But that's okay, because not all hydration comes from drinking plain water. Many foods, like fruits and vegetables, are rich in hydrating fluids. And let's be honest, you do drink other things no matter what old Gumpy tells you to do. We've already talked about having a small drink every day. Most spirits are made with distilled water, and they do offer some hydration. Uh, just be aware that if you're trying to lose weight, you might want to hold off on the alcohol. And, of course, if your joy becomes dependent on it, rather than just enhanced by it, obviously it's time to rethink the drink. Uh, meanwhile, there are a lot of teas out there that hydrate while offering other benefits and pleasures. On a hot day, you can ice your tea to give them extra hydration. And of course, you can always flavor your water, but do it naturally. Do it yourself. Don't get pre-flavored water and don't flavor it with crap. Fresh fruit or even vegetables like cucumber can add a lot of pizzazz to your H2O without adding any detrimental uh, components. You can put fruit in your water, but avoid fruit juice. And there's a lot better ways for you to get your vitamins C and D. And if you're thinking that vegetable juice is better, check the label. I'm sorry, I'm a fan myself. I love tomato juice. I love uh, V8. You know, but look at the label. Most veggie juices bring nothing but sodium to the table. And unless you're suffering from hyponatremia, you definitely don't need any more sodium in your diet. See what I did there to make myself sound really clever? <laughs> now, I wasn't prepared to bore you with the benefits of movement, but I will share the benefits of hydration with you because um, because of my past experiences, I, I'm, I'm aware that sometimes people don't know all of these. So I'm going to share these with you. First, water helps prevent dry mouth. Um, now, I don't mean chronic dry mouth. That can come with some autoimmune diseases and other afflictions. You need medical help with that. Um, it's, it's just, you know, the everyday dry mouth. It will help. It keeps your throat and lips moist and prevents your mouth from feeling dry, which also, by the way, makes you less susceptible to infection. When things are moist, when the juices are, are splashing around, they're there to protect us. It also promotes cardiovascular health. It keeps your body cool. It helps muscles and joints work better. It keeps your skin supple and soft. And it helps cleanse your body inside and out. So if you want your garden of abundance to truly thrive and grow, use plenty of water. Oh, I'm so clever tonight. <laughs> Number three, hugging. So just in case you thought this was all going to be about fitness and nutrition, no, no, no. Let me assure you that the abundance conversation is always about doing things that bring genuine joy, like a hug. A hug, a cuddle, a snuggle. They can have an incredible impact on your mental, emotional, and even your physical well-being. Studies have concluded that hugs can do everything from reduce stress to strengthen your immune system. Now you're saying, oh, hang on, how do these little gestures of affection accomplish something like that? It's very simple. When you get cuddly, you end up dosing yourself. 
as in dose, D-O-S-E, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. The happy hormones. They're released into our bodies in not only plentiful, but actually optimal quantities when we snuggle up to a loved one. Now, I am painfully aware that it is really hard to give out hugs right now. But you can still embrace the people around you. Personal contact is so important right now, and it can be as simple as a cuddle or snuggle or, or even just holding hands. Incredible endorphin release from just that, that touch of holding hands or just rubbing hands a little. Just It doesn't have to be a lot. And I know that not everybody's into hugging. Weirdos. No. <laughs> I understand. Some people aren't. And by all means, do what you're comfortable with, but find a way to get those that happy juice pumping through your body. It's going to make all the difference to your health in the moment and for many, many years to come. All right, moving on in the list, going on to, to more fun things. Number four, another one of my biggest favorites, I guess probably my favorite thing in the world to do, laughing. You got to do it every day. You've obviously heard that laughter is the best medicine. Well, guess what? There may be some empirical truth to that. It's no mystery that, the, that laughter releases endorphins, even more than a hug. But get this, a recent study, and of course, take that with a grain of salt. You know how I feel about studies, but this one's pretty extensive. And they did conclusively figure out that it releases those endorphins, laughter releases those endorphins via opioid receptors. So highly addictive opioid drugs like heroin also bind those receptors, which suggests very strongly that laughter may induce a euphoria similar to a narcotic. We also know that it activates the release of the neurotransmitter serotonin, which is the same brain chemical affected by common types of antidepressants. So it could be a natural antidepressant. This isn't conclusive, but a lot of encouraging studies have seen these. And even more research has shown that laughter has an anti-inflammatory effect, which could protect blood vessels and heart muscles from cardiovascular disease. I be I've believed forever that laughter is actually good for your heart. Now, some of us can find laughter in anything. Seriously, I just, I just laugh all the damn time. <laughs> so, but it can be a bigger challenge for some people. So here are a few suggestions of how you can bring some laughter into your life. First and foremost, turn off the noise and turn on some comedy. The news, or as I call it, the noise, is a guaranteed prescription for releasing the other hormones. The bad hormones, the stress hormones, like cortisol and epinephrine. Go with a good comedy or, or a family feel-good movie. Those, oh man, that gets the endorphins going. Now, if you can't commit to a movie or a show, then just uh, Google or Safari or whatever your search engine is. Jump on it and look up funny videos and just have a quick laugh. Just go. And if you find some of them are, are, are not that nice, I know, like Fail Army. I, sometimes I find them funny. Sometimes I find that awful. It's people trying their best and, you know, falling down and getting hurt. After a while, it's not funny watching people get hurt. Not to me anyway. So you can watch a show called People Are Awesome. And it's the opposite. It's basically the people in Fail Army, this was what they tried to do. And, and this is, you know, the success. That one blows me away. It'll have me on the edge of your seat. And it makes you laugh because literally it's like watching what somebody accomplishes makes you laugh out loud. So do whatever works for you, whatever you laugh at. I'm not judging. But if, like me, you find unpleasant things aren't actually funny after a while or at all, 
then there's some other things you can do. But have a look around and find something that tickles your fancy. And if you really get a good laugh out of it, save it. Watch it again. It should have worked two or three times. Another thing you can do is play with your pet or your kids. And you don't have any of those, then connect with someone, even digitally, and just share a few laughs. Just read some jokes. Find a Friars Club uh, book and, and find some of the gags and jokes in there. Just look online for jokes. Or you can find a laughter class. Yes, you heard correctly. There are laughter classes. And most of them are currently available online. Just Google laughter class. There are even classes that offer laughter yoga. I kid you not. There's it's every kind of, just when you thought it stopped at hot yoga and goat yoga. Nope. Laughter yoga. But to me, defeats the purpose. I mean, I love laughter and I love yoga. I don't see them going together, really. I, I tend to get a little transcendental in my yoga, <laughs> meditative. I don't know about laughing. Uh, as much as I love meditation and laughter, I've never really combined them. But, hey, I've never really checked it out. So if you've tried it, you know anything about it, let me know. I'm open-minded. They're two great things. Maybe they go great together. Who thought? Peanut butter or chocolate? Would they work together? I'm not going to do it free ad for Reese's here. Anyway, and last but not least, if you're looking for a good laugh, watch Three Wise Men and a Wiser Lady every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern on Facebook Live. <laughs> but it is really a great way. In fact, our motto, as our regular folks know, is we'll make you laugh on a Monday night. So come on out and see us. So you say, Blake, I'm not a big giggler. Okay. This may be of interest to you then. Studies have shown that even a fake laugh can stimulate the release of endorphins. So fake it till you make it. So just to give you an, an overview of the many benefits of laughter, here are some of the clinically proven ones. A boost to the immune system, reduction in the risk of heart disease, a decrease in stress, a, a distraction and deterrent against anxiety, a reduction in blood pressure, natural pain-killing effect, blood sugar level management. It makes you look younger through increased blood flow around the face. It re-energizes the mind and body. It helps to build resilience, and it aids with sleep. So yuck it up, buttercup. <laughs> Laughter really is the best recipe for abundant living and long life, definitely. Number five playing, playing, and no, I don't mean a good game of poker. That's a sitting game. I love poker, but that's a sitting game. I mean, get up and run around like a maniac and play. You know, all those benefits we've been talking about, happy hormones and spiritual uplifting and mental health and fitness, the, those things that will prolong your life and fill it with abundance. Do you know who already has that whole process mastered? <laughs> Kids. Kids, they cover all the bases, moving, laughing, releasing happy hormones, you name it. They cover it all by doing the one thing that you and I as adults have forgotten how to do, play. As adults, we need a purpose to everything we do. We can't just run around and have a good time for no reason. That, coupled with all of the inhibitions we've been conditioned with over the years, leaves us unwilling, uninspired, and even unable to just go out and play. Instead, we, we stay at home and lay about. And if we do go out with friends, we eat and drink to excess and feel worse for it rather than better. We need to redefine the way we play so that we can enjoy some of the benefits 
of healthy activity. So start by playing with your kids or a niece or a nephew or friend's kids, whatever. Always defer to the knowledge of experts and kids have mastered playing. The next time your child asks you to play with them, go ahead and be selfish and say yes. Yes, it's selfish. Sure, yeah, they'll derive amazing joy out of the time you spend with them. But this isn't about them. Right now, it's about you. Never mind the unbreakable bond and lifelong memories that you will create between you and your children by playing with them. We're talking about your abundant life. Do it for you. Now, obviously, I'm being facetious. All those benefits are part of the value of playing with your children. But once you get the pattern down, you'll be able to play on your own, too. Just keep tweaking it till it becomes a habit that you can inject into your life daily. And the benefits will be immeasurable. You know, this is such a massive aspect of abundant living. One, one of the breakout sessions in our Aruba Abundance Freedom Retreat is, in fact, called Time to Play. We're actually trying to figure out this week how to incorporate this session into our virtual retreat that will be coming very, very soon. So there you have it. To sum up, try to practice no moderation in these five activities and add them to your daily schedule. Moving, hydrating, hugging, laughing, and playing. So do them safely. Know your limitations, of course. Uh, you know, don't take it beyond uh, what you can handle, especially with moving and hydrating. Do what you're capable of, but do it. Again, don't have to do a lot, but make sure it's a little part of every single day. A few sips of water, a little bit of movement, lots of hugs, lots and lots of laughing, and whatever you do, get outside and play. Learn to enhance every moment of your life while building greater freedom along the way. And you'll be on the path to living a life of abundance. And until we meet again, stay well and live abundantly. Bye-bye.